There he is live. Uh, that is John Manson, my good friend, a found founder, creator, all things a sea of red. <clears throat> my name is Chad Hassan. You're listening to the a sea of red live podcast. Uh, we kind of uh, it's Thanksgiving week, so nobody really has a schedule that is worth anything because uh, typically you just kind of it's feast week. You sit back and watch hoops all week and then get drug around by your uh, wife and kids to all the different parties and festivities. So it's kind of what we do. And then, um, you know, we got men's basketball tonight. So uh, during our normal recording hours. So we decided to do a live show uh, spur of the moment here. And uh, which is great because John needs very little preparation time. He is always ready to go. Uh, John, um, first of all, wanted to just kind of comment on uh, Virginia Tech, your summary, uh, maybe some, you know, I, I read your, your recap articles, but what were some of the things, uh, one of the, some of the reasons that the Flames did not get it done on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously very disappointing. I think I text you about after the Arkansas win, it was like, would you trade losses against New Mexico State and UConn to beat Virginia Tech? And I kind of said it in jest at the time because I didn't think that was possible. But uh, sitting here today after two straight losses, I would have taken that. You know, I would I would take a win over Virginia Tech and losses to UConn and New Mexico State. But, um, you know, so it was disappointing. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it came down to missed opportunities. You know, whether it was the two turnovers there late in the fourth quarter, one fumble by each of the two quarterbacks that played, um, you know, when they did the fake field goal that led to a touchdown, they, they also there was a, um, a stop by Liberty's defense in the red zone on third down, but then that was wiped off by penalty and would have set up a field goal try, but ended up being a touchdown. So uh, those were points that, you know, kind of added into Virginia Tech's column as well as that fake vehicle did as well. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was just missed opportunities. I remember there was a couple plays in the first half, too, that, um, like, I remember one in particular. I think it was uh, Juwan Treadwell. Uh, it was, like, second. Virginia Tech's offense was struggling right at the beginning. They went three and out. Then Liberty, Liberty went three and out. Then Virginia Tech had it back, and they got stopped for a very little gain. On, on their first down run. And then Juwan Treadwell came on a safety blitz and, you know, was about to sack uh, their quarterback. And, you know, he just missed him. And that would have been third and 14 against our defense and defensive line. And that's not Virginia Tech's strength is to, to pass. Uh, but instead, uh, their quarterback ran and picked up about 20 yards and ended up they scored a touchdown on that drive to get in, get in the lead. That was just like a microcosm of the day. You look at the Brylin Green uh, pass that he almost intercepted. It was tipped up in the air, and he made a jump for it. And it would have been a great interception, uh, but that's still one that, you know, what, seven out of ten times he's probably going to come down with. Um, then there's another time, you know, after they'd already had a safety uh, you know, a possession or two later, they were backed up inside the 10 and um, Mike, Mike Smith missed the missed what would have been a sack and possible safety would have at least been down inside the one. So that, I mean, it was just a tale of missed opportunities throughout the, throughout the day. Uh, you know, then the two turnovers and, and uh, you know, I know a lot of people were, were, questioning the decision by Turner Turner Gill by Hugh Freeze to go for it on fourth and 12 there late and you know I agree I don't think that was a good idea uh, I think it should have been a punt there especially when you had Caden Salter 
running to the sidelines and on the sidelines on third down. And, um, you know, so he wasn't there mentally ready, locked in on that play. And, um, you know, I think it should have been a pump. But ultimately, that, that, that decision didn't really – in my opinion, affect the game. I mean, it, it was the fumble by Caden Salter on the previous possession and then some of those missed opportunities. Then another one, you know, if you remember after the fumble by Caden Salter, the very next play, Virginia Tech, uh, the running back, you know, bounced out to the right-hand side and uh, picked up a few yards, but he fumbled the ball and Ahmad Walker should have fallen on it. It looked like he was going to fall on it. Uh, but he didn't. I don't know if he tried to scoop it up and, and run with it rather than just falling on it, but he didn't get in and they recovered it. So um, just a lot of missed opportunities. It's unfortunate, but, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. I, uh, man. So first of all, um, I want to talk to you about your level of coverage for Liberty and what's your goal in covering Liberty when it comes time to criticizing the team. And, and just like, you know, a lot of was made about that. Um, you and I talk about it a lot, but, you know, do you feel like that you're fair and, and do, what is your, I mean, I, I, obviously you're going to say you're fair and I think you're fair, but what is your goal in terms of criticizing the team? Are you worried that somebody's going to steal your media credential are you worried that 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 every nobody's going to like you if you if you criticize the coaching or the team or, or like how do you approach that as somebody who is one a fan but two everybody looks to your coverage and what you tweet and what you write everybody looks to that as a as the standard for for covering this team um, so what is your approach to that I mean honestly what how do you cover the team and and how do you let uh, your, how do you set your fan bias to the side sometimes and then pull it into other articles where it makes sense? And just talk to us about your mindset with that. Yeah, one of the things that, you know, I kind of keep in my head is, you know, at, and I have to remind myself almost daily. I had to remind myself several times this past weekend because that was a frustrating loss. Like I've shared before how much I don't like Virginia Tech. I mean, they're probably the top of my do not, I hate to use the word hate like I just did, but uh, I, I hate to use the word hate, but I loathe Virginia Tech. They're at the top of my list. Them, JMU, and Coastal might be the three teams that I just do not stand. So it was very frustrating, and that all coupled in and, you know, the, the social media world uh, that we live in, everybody's so worried about instant gratification and and you know, instant role results. And what have you done for me lately? What did you do today? What did you do yesterday? They don't care about a week ago. Um, but one thing that I, I kind of told myself uh, here over the last couple of days is, you know, there's been times where you and I both, Chad, have been um, received uh, criticism, if you want to call it that, from those inside the Liberty football bubble saying that we're too critical of the team at times. And then we also have gotten times where on the other side where people are saying you're too nice because you're buddy buddy and don't want to lose access. So I think if you're getting criticized from both sides that you're doing, you're doing it right. You, you know, you're right in the middle. And, and the other thing is, um, as a CR Red continues to grow with Liberty Athletics, the platform is larger. There's more people that are listening to us, reading our stories and looking to our coverage and looking to us as the flagship, if you want to call it that, of coverage for Liberty Athletics. And the more, the bigger the audience is, the more likely it is that people are going to criticize you or not like what you have to say. And I try to the best I can not to respond to those critics 
Um, it's hard. I did not do a good job of that of this this weekend. I think a lot of that was due to the loss to Virginia Tech just being frustrating. But but at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, in, in my mind, what I think is truth is what I'll report. So if I think that Hugh Freeze made a bad decision, I'll put that out there. I did it last week against UConn. I thought the fourth and two play, I was fine with him going for it on fourth and two on that drive. But I thought the play call was bad, and I put that out in writing on the website. Um, I thought his decision to go for it on fourth and 12 was bad. I don't think it was the end-all, be-all of the game, as I just alluded to. So that, I didn't think that was should have been the first thing I wrote about, right? I mean, I thought thought it was the missed opportunities what was the bigger thing. So as long as I am true to myself, uh, as long as the Sierra Reds were true to ourselves and what we believe to be the truth, um, that that's what I think we should go with whether, and am I concerned that, you know, Hugh Freeze or Richie McKay or Ian McCall or, or whoever else is going to get upset with us and, and you know, go, go blind on us, not let us talk and, and have a platform. No, I mean, they, I think we've gotten, you know, like, like we've talked about, Chad, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary. It's not our first rodeo. It's not the first time we've done this. We've been around the block for a while those people understand us. I think they respect us and they know that we're not just going to trash the program just because we can and have that platform. We're going to provide what we think is fair uh, critique, positive and negative. The good thing is there's been a lot more positive to talk about over the past few years and there has been negative. And one thing that I think as fans and especially like I was getting to with the social media age that we live in is we're so caught up in today and what, what happened today, what happened yesterday. And we forget that, you know, five years ago, if you would have told me we lost to Wake Forest, UConn and Virginia Tech by combined five points and we're eight and three and have a win over Arkansas and BYU on our resume, Man, I, we'd be like dancing in the streets like, wow, what an amazing season, what an amazing coaching job. And we were saying that two weeks ago. Then all of a sudden you have these two disappointing setbacks and two disappointing losses that were so quick. I mean, I even saw people saying we should fire Hugh Freeze. Like more than one people said that on social media. And I don't know if these people are just legit trolls or what they think, because if you think that. I don't know where you've been. You've been living under a rock or something. Same thing go for Coach McKay. There was some criticism uh, of him, and there still is based on the team's uh, two-and-two start. But, um, you know, you have to take a step back as fans. We all do. Take a step back at times and say, am I disappointed in the recent results, in the recent losses? Uh, am I frustrated in those? Yeah, sure. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and jump off a cliff because we lost to Virginia Tech by one point. Yeah, and uh, John, that was awesome, man. That was a really good answer. Put you on the spot there. Didn't even prep him for this, <clears throat> and uh, great answer. I wanted to kind of give my my thoughts on that as well. And 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 overall, uh, what I do for a Sea of Red is more of a program standpoint. Um, you know, covering covering the basketball and the football um, at what level I do and what I tweet is more of like a, a long-term success thing or, or an overall trajectory of the program. I, I try not to dive into the weeds too much game by game, which that's what you do. And, and I also saw in your article, one criticism you had that wasn't pointed out there was the use of the quarterbacks. You said that you said that, and, and even freeze admitted that in the, in the, the press conference this week. But what I try to do and why it looks like I'm such a Kool-Aid drinker and why it looks like I'm always positive and optimistic is because I'm looking at it from, 
a, a holistic standpoint. And I'm trying not to get too wrapped up into one game, one decision. That, that's for you to do on the articles. And, and you do a great job of that. But I try to be fair and say, okay, yes, he had, uh, yes, there were some decisions in the game. I was like, wait, what are we doing? What are we doing? But at the same time, I, and I tweeted this out, we are eight and three. We're bowl eligible for the fourth year in a row. There's never been, um, and with something something about Hugh Freeze that I don't think that a lot of people uh, give him enough credit for, what he's done to build the Lynchburg community, Liberty community uh, bridge has been amazing. And uh, and I, I see this, and, and that's another reason I don't get into it as much as Coach Freeze and his staff know more about football than any of us ever will, and it's not for him. We are, if not for him, we are not in bowl conversation or contention. I don't know if it's if it's not for him. I mean, he is the reason we are a lot uh, there. So, anyways, I just wanted to say that a lot of times when I'm making positive comments, it's because we truly are at the pinnacle of Liberty Athletics. I mean, this is the golden era, and we're at the mountaintop. And if you can't step back and say, you know, look where we've come, and you aren't positive um, that that about the trajectory of the program. And you want to jump in the weeds every time he goes for it on fourth down, or every time he doesn't call a timeout, or every time we, you know, then the, that's not the kind of that's not the kind of uh, coverage that we're trying to give. So, uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of jump in there I, with uh, Will's comments there about Coach Freeze and staff knowing more about football than any of us will. I agree with him. Like I agree with his comments. Uh, there's a reason why I'm not a coach, and I'm on this side of the the you know speakerphone, if you want to call it that. Uh, I don't know the details of it. I couldn't, you know, call a play or draw up a play or motivate any players to get out there and and, and get a win over Arkansas. Of course not. Coach Freeze is amazing. And uh, I would love to have Coach Freeze over any coach out there in the country. And I truly believe that. Um, but at the same time, I think there is a place for criticism. Like there is a place, no, nobody is perfect, right? None of us are. We all make mistakes. And Coach Freeze has owned up to some of his mistakes he's made in-game and during the season and things like that. And it's okay for us to sit back. That's part of what we do is sit back and analyze and critique what happened during the game. And, and you know, there's a place for that. But at the same time, you know, it's one thing to be critical of a decision or a call or something like that. It's another thing to sit here and say, uh, to, to get to the point where you're overly critical to the point of saying uh, he should be fired or he doesn't know what he's doing or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a place to be critical. And, you know, I think Coach Freeze is open to that. Coach McKay as well, Ian McCaw as well. Um, but at the same time, it, we're not going to sit here and, and get crazy and, and, you know, jump off a bridge because we lost by one point at home to Virginia Tech. Frustrating, yes, but we also have to uh, – take a step back and realize, you know, like you said, the grand scheme of things, where we're at. Yeah. Awesome stuff. All right. <clears throat> I wanted to get your thoughts on it is silly season. And I know that this is always like something that, that, you know, we need to have an opinion on it. Okay. You need to have an opinion on it. I know it's not, it's uh, it's, it's kind of one of those things you don't really want to talk about because it comes up every week, like you said, and if your coach is good at the G five level, it's going to come up every week. Uh, so what is your thoughts about, um, you know, I guess we don't need to talk about any schools in particular. We don't need to talk about any coaches in particular. Uh, how I just ask you this, how comfortable are you right now, uh, in terms of, uh, our coaches and their standing at Liberty and how comfortable are you in our ability to retain them? 
Um, that, that's a loaded question, and I can answer it a lot of ways. Um, first off, I'll start by saying I don't think we give him enough credit. And uh, but Ian McCall is, and again, you know, we sit here and say best, 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 but. I literally think Ian McCall is, if not the best athletic director in country, he's on a short list of one of the best athletic directors in the country. Yes, he like we were just talking about, he makes some mistakes and there's things that he doesn't see and things that, that you know he misses, but he's one of the best athletic directors in the country. As long as he is at liberty, I'm going to be comfortable and trust in him and trust that this program is going to be headed in the right direction. Now, that doesn't always mean we're going to, you know, have winning seasons and be winning championships and, and things like that. But we're going to be on that trajectory. And I, I trust him to make the right calls with, with coaching decisions. I think he's done an, an amazing job with coach freeze. If you would have told me uh, what, four years ago now that when freeze was hired, that he'd still be here four years, uh, four years later, I would have said you're crazy. Cause I, I think you and I talked about it. I'd be happy if he was here two to three years is what I was like, please get us that long. That me, uh, recruiting classes under Coach Freeze, that much to, you know, kind of build a, a foundation at the FBS level with him. But here he is four years later, and we're sitting here thinking, you know, would he go to Auburn if they offered him the job? And, and uh, you know, that's a debate we could have another day, and we've had before. But um, to, to get to the program to that level in such short time, uh, just give so much uh, props to, uh, to Ian to getting that there. Um, now, I don't want Freeze to leave. Uh, Anytime soon, I'd love for him to be our coach for a long time. Uh, same thing for, for Coach McKay on the basketball side. I, I love Coach McKay and I uh, want him to be around for a long time. But at the same time, if they get an opportunity, uh, whether it's now or in five years or, or whatnot, that they think is best for them and their family, then I'll understand and won't be mad at them. I mean, Coach Freeze has been here for four years. He's done so much for this Liberty football uh, program and brand that we could never repay him for what he's done. Uh, will I be upset and disappointed personally if and when he leaves? Of course. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I'll be able to take a step back and say, hey, you know, good luck to you. I hope you go win a national championship wherever you go. Uh, same thing for Coach McKay. If he, I mean, he's been here for, uh, what is it, eight straight years, I think 10 total. Um, you know, I think he's proven how much uh, he is a Liberty guy. You know, he left and came back um, when he, he could have, you know, he had other opportunities to not just come back to Liberty, but to go to other places. He's had opportunities in the last couple of years to take power five jobs that have been offers that have been on the table. Um, and he turned them down because he wants to be at Liberty. Now, does that mean he's going to be here forever? No, of course not. He could take a job, you know, in March uh, elsewhere, but I'm comfortable with where we're at. I'm comfortable with uh, Ian McCaw and then, you know, all the other things that we could sit here and talk about for the next 20 minutes about the facilities, uh, the commitment, um, the support, you know, these are very good jobs, both on the football and men's basketball side. As we move into conference USA, these are very good jobs. I mean, top five, uh, maybe higher than that uh, jobs in the country at the G5 level. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with where we're at. Man. Gave me some time to plug in my laptop because it was getting ready to die. Whew, thanks for that. <clears throat> um, I, I would say the same thing. I'm comfortable with where we're at and uh, retaining coaches. And if it does happen, uh, we are, you know, you know, we'll be surprised and uh, wish wish everyone well. Uh, but right now, as it sits, reading the tea leaves the way I'm reading them, reading the tweets I'm reading, uh, seeing all the comments I'm seeing, reading the articles I'm reading, I'm feeling pretty comfortable right now. Um, 
So can you hear me, John? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move on to uh, one final topic. And that is, uh, I was looking at your articles uh, about um, Cancun and the game tonight. I know that Nick and those guys previewed it on Sunday. Um, they both said that they would be pretty happy with just getting one win in Cancun. Not happy, but uh, you know, that would be, they would take it. If you ask them right now, Hey, if you went one and one in Cancun, uh, what's your thoughts on, on this can Cancun trip? What does this team have to prove? And um, you know, what opportunities are you seeing for them this week? Well, I mean, it's a very tough field. These four, these four teams in here, if you kind of ranked them, did a power rankings, you probably put Liberty fourth, um, unless we're just being homers and rank them ahead of Bradley. Um, you know, Auburn is a sweet 16 type team. They may have final four type potential. Uh, they're a legit top 25 team. Um, Northwestern is a big 10 team. They've had, they beat Georgetown already this year. They're four and oh. Um, it's going to be a big test. I was surprised the line was as small as it, as it is. What is it, four to three and a half or something like that? Um, I mean, I was surprised it's that low. I would expect uh, Northwestern to be a seven or eight point favorite. Um, but I'm looking forward to the challenge tonight. I mean, let, let's see how these guys respond uh, coming off a disappointing loss uh, after a great comeback there in the second half on Friday night against Southern Miss which I don't know, uh, Will, you might be able to, or Nick, producer Nick, you might be able to get us our an update on the Southern Miss Winthrop score. I know they're playing right now. It was a real close uh, game. and uh, But anyways, yeah, there's, uh, you know, Southern Miss is a much better team. So, But anyways, back to your question. 0-2, um, I'm not so much concerned about the record in these two games, whether it's 0-2 or 1-1. Um, you know, if we got to two and oh, that would be absolutely amazing. If we win one game, I'd be happy with that. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm more concerned about how the team performs. I mean, we're not going to get an at large bid. Uh, so the only thing we're doing in, in non conference play is trying to figure out our team who are we? What's our identity? Oh, wow, Southern Miss won by 25, they were losing by two at half. Uh, sorry for that live reaction, but wow, that's a nice win for Southern Miss to, to get up and win by that much. Um, I think they were losing by two at half to Winthrop. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so Southern Miss is a much improved team. But back to my point, um, I think we're, we're not going to win an at, get an at-large bid. It's all about in the non-conference, figuring out who this team is, finding our identity, improving for conference play and for the conference run. And uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, the A-Suns a one big bid league, and it's going to come down to, to three nights in, in March, early March, as to whether or not we're going to make it to the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, uh, for Coach McKay, that's just the state of this program right now. Is is you build all season, and, and all that it all comes down to those three nights uh, in March. All right, there we have two questions in the chat um, that I want to get to, and then maybe one from Twitter. Uh, the first question in the chat is about. Um, I, I, let me see here. I think it was about the uh, Conference USA schedule. When when do we think we'll see that? I mean, didn't we think we were going to see that a long time ago? I think in the rumor mill. It might have said that we were looking forward to that. What do you think the hangup is, and, and why is it uh, almost December and we still don't have it? Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking we might get it before the end of October. Uh, same thing with a media deal. I think they ended up staggering those two. They they wanted to get the media deal ironed out first, and uh, that come out came out what two weeks ago now, I believe it was. Um, 
you know, so now we're just waiting on the schedule. Last I heard and last I talked to Ian about it is uh, we, he still hadn't seen it. So he was waiting to see. I know they were talking about possibly having week zero games, uh, conference games, um, you know, as they got this midweek deal. Because, you know, Liberty plays uh, ODU uh, September 30th. So they're, they automatically have to have a buy that first Saturday of October, that first week of those midweek games. So then they wouldn't play it until at least the Tuesday of the second full week of October. Um, you know, so that might, you might end up, and then on the back end, you might have to have another bye week at the end. Um, so you might have to end up playing some week zero games. Uh, so we could see Liberty doing that. But yeah, I mean, I would expect it to be out soon. Um, you know, I haven't heard a, a timeline recently, um, but, you know, typically they've been releasing it around like January or February. So um, it could be not until then, but I expect to get it by the end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see when we play our weekday games. Uh, the The second question was about the JMU. Do you think, uh, you know, basically JMU's AD alluded to that their season might not be over, uh, even though they're not bowl eligible and they're not playing in a championship game? Uh, do you think there's any chance that Liberty and JMU would could put together something uh, before a bowl game? Uh, any anything like that? No, there's zero chance Liberty and JMU play. Uh, that's something that would have to get approved or you know get a waiver signed by the NCAA since JMU is not bowl eligible. Now you know JMU could play somebody like a Virginia Tech who had their last game canceled against Virginia. That was just announced today. Um, you could see a Virginia Tech and, and JMU try to link up for a game you know next week or something. But uh, Liberty and JMU will not be playing this year. And then last one, I'll take this last one, um, and, and you can correct me if uh, if you think I'm wrong here. What has made the biggest impact for the future trajectory of LU football? Is it winning games? Is it putting us in a position to pay the, the P5 level salaries that we have for coaches uh, or something different? I, I would guess the biggest what's made the biggest impact on trajectory of LU football has been, uh, in my opinion, has been Hugh Freeze. I mean, that, that single hire – um, back when I think we initially, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We weren't paying him, but maybe 2 million when he first got here, uh, maybe less than that 1 million. Um, so I think just getting freeze here and, uh, he he's done it. I mean, there are a lot of factors, so, uh, I'm not, not saying that nothing else has been an impact, but if you're looking at largest impact, it's gotta be freeze. What he's doing with recruiting, building the community, it, the engaging the fan base, engaging the fan base is huge. I mean, what he's done with our fan base and, and kind of keeping us all excited has been phenomenal. So for hiring freeze uh, was definitely the biggest. What set us up for the future besides that? Um, probably I would say the commitment by the university for facilities and also just all the resources they put into. Uh, so what people don't realize is it's not just, it's not just facilities. There's, there's a ton of resources that go into a football program like that and that the school has to commit to whether it's cost of attendance uh, all those types of things uh, they, they drive whether or not a player wants to come play for football and when you have 85 scholarships a lot of times it's about the players you can get to come to play at your school it's a lot about recruiting so i would say an impact for the future is just the buildings the facilities and the financial commitment they've made to the players now paying your coach yeah that's a big deal um <clears throat> winning bowl games i mean yes it ever you know you, there nothing replaces winning is what uh coach freeze likes to say 
But in terms of just what's it going to impact the future, I think it's the financial commitment by the school and the biggest impact so far was hiring Hugh Freeze. So how do I deal with that question, John? You got anything to add? Yeah, you hit it out the park. I would have said the exact same two things. And I don't think, you know, I would be remiss to say Hugh Freeze has advanced the Liberty football program by a decade. I mean, what we've been able to do these first four years at the FBS level, I don't think any of us ever dreamed would happen. I mean, there's a lot of people, if you go back and remember when we made uh, the decision to join the FBS as an independent, there was a lot of chatter about this is the worst decision Liberty could ever make. You know, this is setting the program back, you know, decades. You know, they haven't had any success at the FCS level. But Freeze comes in and he's like, I don't care. You know, we're, we're going to win and win a lot. And moving forward, kind of to piggyback off your last comment there is, is what what's key to the future is winning. Winning cures all. I mean, if, if Liberty continues, I mean, they've had – you know, eight wins or more in what three straight game, three straight seasons. Now they won at least six games every year back to 2006. Um, they can keep stringing together some eight plus win seasons, throwing a couple 10 win seasons here and there, throwing some conference championships here and there as you move into Conference USA. Uh, winning cures all. I mean, you know, people will look back and say, oh, you know, Liberty was, you know, 10 and 2 in 2023 and won the Conference USA championship and made it to a bowl game. They're not going to go back and say, well, who do they play? You know, there's some be like, oh, they won 10 games that year. Wow. Uh, you know, so just keep winning. All right. <clears throat> so I think that is it for all the questions. I think that's it uh, for what we had. Uh, John, I want you to stay on and uh, we're going to bring in Richie Longshots, try to get his picks, try to get his uh, everything he's got for this week. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's get to the Liberty line. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well. Because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be a uh, service to you and yours. Thanks so much.
Yeah, I love that song. I love that song. There he is, looking good, drinking a ton of water. It looks like my good, good half, day. half a gallon, half gallon a day. Got the Christmas tree. A up. gallon a day keeps uh, COVID away, huh? Yeah, well, that's what we thought. <laughs> how you Next feeling? You know, you got two, got two double lines. I'm fine. All right. I thought good. I had a head cold. I'd been to the last last year. I've been to Florida four times. I've been to Vegas, Nashville, trip to to Wake Forest. Not so much as a sniffle. And then, bam, Thursday night before uh, I leave, COVID. But you might have seen on Twitter last night the whole debacle of my hotel situation. I accidentally booked a hotel for the weekend before. So when I go to cancel my hotel reservation last week, I realize there's nothing to cancel because I just missed my reservation. So I got the money. But I lied and told them I had COVID for like two weeks. But Jim Calhoun, not a dime back. Not a dime back. The money is gone. They are not. So now I can publicly say I might have told them I had COVID for a long time. But I got the money back for the hotel. Um, and we're being honest, wasn't a bad weekend to miss. Uh, so the, 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 the excitement and the whole atmosphere, I, I missed out on that. But when you look at how the games ended up, I might have dodged a bullet. Um, and you, you you were asymptomatic. Don't don't come on here talking about lying about that kind of thing. It was uh, <laughs> Richard. I, I had a head shot. cold. I like that. <laughs> uh, um, no, I mean right. I I had I had a head cold. I had sniffles, coughing. It wasn't. I I honestly like I really thought it was a sinus infection because I didn't have a fever. So all right, and I'm John. like I haven't added this this far. Have you, John? Have you seen Richie's uh, basketball picks? Like, have you seen how he's doing? Oh, I've seen it. He's he's been doing very well, and uh, I, I noticed how Richie and, and Nick like to take shots at me and my record. Uh, but it, it's it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I'm coming back. I'll make a comeback. By the time the season's over, I will not be in last place. There, I oh. could all it could all just come crashing down. I went one and two last night, so it wasn't a a, a great start to the week. But I'm. I've set the groundwork for going 500 in basketball. Things could, again, could go drastically wrong. And I think with Gonzaga, I'm 15, six and one. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty good start. Pretty good start. Yeah. I just was making sure John was following along uh, and, and, and don't make it like Liberty on Friday night that, that your comeback comes up short and takes, takes it all out of you. Don't get too far behind. Uh, all right, <clears throat> Richie, uh, talk yeah. to us about Liberty versus New Mexico state. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, students likely won't be there as much. I'm guessing this will be our lowest attended game of the year. I'm hoping not, but I'm guessing so. Uh, we got a rain in the forecast, and Liberty's coming off of what have been two tough losses. You gotta, you gotta wonder what is what's the team locker room like right now. Uh, so yeah, all that to say, all right, what do you have for the Liberty game this week? Well, I had said that I'm done betting. Liberty side. I'm just going over unders for the rest of the year. And after just the heartbreak that was Saturday afternoon, when they gave Virginia Tech the two point conversion, go to commercial break. Someone DMs me oh, and they're like, wait to hit that. They're like, wait to hit that over. I said, I said, I, let's wait and see what happens. Cause I was like, that place closed. I don't know if they're going to review it. They come back from the break and they're like, yep, took the points off, kickoff. I went, you've got to be kidding me. And then no points the rest of the game. An absolute just heartbreaker. I had two heartbreakers 
App State just could not cover a spread. They, I don't remember who they were playing, but they let them just march down the field and score a meaningless touchdown with two minutes to go. Ruined the massive parlay I had. So it was just like bad beat after bad beat. But it is what it is. So I've given up over-unders now, too, which leaves me back to unretiring from betting uh, <laughs> the, the, the side. So Liberty, 1-6 as a favorite this year against the spread. 1-6. The one win was against Old Dominion. And even that, we needed a miraculous number one play of the day catch to make that a couple and a couple lucky plays. And there was the tipped pass that fell right his hands and went to the house. That's 14 points. Should have had no business covering that game. Should should be 0-7 as favorites against the spread this year. 24 points is a lot of points. It is going to be rainy, and it is going to be a quiet game. Obviously, we're going to a bowl game. Um Ideally, they're going to try to right the ship and go into a bowl game with a little bit more momentum. But 24 points is a lot of points, and I don't foresee that happening. When you're one and six against the spread, I just, I'm sorry. I'll have people tweeting and DMing me. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we just roll away with it. But for this situation, for for looking at the numbers, you know, bet the number, not the team. If I'm looking at the numbers, you can't say. You know, you gave me a blind resume. I'm going to go, yeah, give me the team that doesn't cover as favorites and give me New Mexico State. So that is what it is. A, sorry, not sorry. Text. I just got a text. Your media credential has been revoked for all that criticism of Liberty University. It, it's not even crit- – like, I'm thrilled with this season. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy with it. Like, I was not the sky is falling when we lost to UConn, the sky falling when we lost to Virginia Tech. Like, and then, like we said, the grand scheme of things, not that those games don't count, not that those, those games don't matter, because they absolutely do, but they're not affecting anything when it comes to the season. And I will happily take Arkansas and BYU um, for those two losses. So, I, I no criticism. <laughs> I love the 4th and 12 call. Um, I didn't love the play call itself, but I liked going for it. So, it is what it is. Yep. Yeah, All right. That's a lot of points, though, for Liberty Cover. 24. New Mexico State's only allowing like 23 points yeah. all season. I mean, how many games has Liberty even scored 30 plus points? Unless you're expecting Liberty uh, to get a shutout against the Aggies. Uh, 24 is a lot of points, especially on a, on a wet day, cold day. That's a lot of points. Yeah. And there so, what I'm hearing you guys say is the 74 and a half over under seems to be I, a play here. Is that, that a might typo? Be I think it's a typo. I think it's that's got to be a typo because that's not yeah. a typo. I'm gonna go take out a second mortgage on my house yeah. and put it on the under. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, I'm no, not I'm really. Pre- I'm pretty that. sure it's I'm not, 54. I'm not really gonna do that. Anybody listening, you know, bet responsibly. Yes. Yeah. Hey, um, Richie gave out a great shout out last week for uh, for betting responsibly. All right, Richie, you got uh, four more picks here to get to. Uh, let's yep. get the rundown. It looks like a full Saturday slate. That's not your typical uh, maxion and Thursday night. It just didn't see anything you like there. And you're going full full Saturday from 12, 3, 7 and 730. That looks good. Very simple. Uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays. It's for NFL. I don't care what anyone says. I you know I know I think Thursday night's like bold day. Don't care. Just higher higher lane and, and keep it moving. Um, I don't like any of the matching games tonight, although I found it's kind of cool. The two teams are playing. The winner gets to go to the Bahamas Bowl. That's what we need in college football. Like, hey, let's put all the cards on the table now. Like, If you win this game, you get to go to this bowl. Like, let's That's cut awesome. the exaggeration out of it, you know, the, the, the guessing game out of it. Like, let's make things fun like that. So that's cool. Friday, Friday's for Team USA. I'm also playing in a charity golf tournament all day. Um, and not going to be watching any college football. I'll be watching the soccer game and then having myself a great Friday. So that leaves all of our games on Saturday. So 
rivalry day. I don't love taking uh, a bunch of rivalry games uh, just because, you know, things get walking in rivalry games. Um, but we're going to kick things off with Coastal JMU. That's way too many points. Coastal's playing for, I think, the the uh, division title. Um, I don't care. They've played well without Grayson. I have no reason to, to think that they're not going to, you know, keep it close. JMU. I think twice this year they've gone. They were they were down like almost twenty points, came back and squeak it out at the end. So uh, a, t- a team like that that has a couple of wins where they had to charge back late, you know, they might win, but fourteen points is a lot. I also trust Coastal going on the road again. It, it, it's Thanksgiving weekend. How many fans are going to be at JMU for that game? It's it's not yeah, going to be a crazy. Yeah, atmosphere. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Coastal also has an had an extra week to prepare. You know, they were yeah. supposed to play, play uh, UVA last week, and that game got canceled. Uh, so they had an extra week to prepare and uh, get ready for the Dukes. While JMU, I think Richie, you even texted me during the Liberty game that at least JMU is getting beat bad. And then I checked my scores after the game, and like, man, they won. What happened here? Yeah. So, so JMU was in a dog fight late Saturday, and uh, while Coastal was just sitting home down at the beach. Yeah. So I'll absolutely take it. Again, Coastal's playing for something. So um, next up, Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. Auburn might have a little bit of an offense now. Cadillac Williams has them humming and 48 and a half points in an Iron Bowl. It's what is it, Alabama not going to try to score points. There's a good chance this is Bryce Young's last game because uh, there's going to be a lot of Alabama players that are not going to play in the, the, the Mayo Bowl. So listen, I can listen. very, yeah. If Brian Harson had recruited anything and had any type of roster and gotten anything in the transfer portal, he wouldn't been, have been out by a year and a half. That roster is depleted. Yes, yep. they have they've played hard for Cadillac the last few games, but whenever you get Iron Bowl and you get Alabama and Auburn, nothing about your bet should be about the emotions of the game. Everything about your bet should be about the rivalry. And and I think that the Cadillac emotions are going to be overtaken by the Iron Bowl emotions. And, and Alabama is going to be able to raise to that same level of uh, desperation. And we need this. Uh, I just don't think Brian Harson had a, had enough of a roster there. Matter of fact, matter of fact, it is so depleted that I would if I were a head coach, I would not want to go to Auburn and try to rebuild that 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 uh that roster it is i agree uh, an uphill if anyone is there. if anyone is listening or knows <laughs> that's anyone right, that's right and you hear about auburn i don't think it's worth it but not worth just, it at all not nope, worth it no nope. no they're raw, that's what, that, what's the fun in auburn that's my point is brian harson it left uh you know maybe 10 sec guys on that roster and everybody else has transferred out or, or didn't yeah. he couldn't get in there so uh it's, it's a terrible roster terrible situation and i think that the cadillac mojos run out and uh, alabama's going to put it on them so i disagree with you yeah, it could be oh, you're taking you're taking nothing. the over oh yeah, 40, yeah. yeah. you're taking 49 the over. Okay. nothing thank you thanks yeah. for coming we'll, we'll see yeah. you bowl week all right. Um, what do you got for LSU, Texas A&M? Is this a rivalry week? Like, what like, was the knows? Texas A&M? What, who, no. who did Texas A&M used to play in their rivalry week? Somebody in the They're Big still 12. Delusional. Yeah, probably. I think Tech. Probably. Texas right? Tech. Tech makes sense. Um, I think LSU used to play Arkansas this week. Yeah. yeah that's back right. before that's the right. SEC expanded. So why I, do you like I, LSU I, minus nine and a half? Because Texas A&M has quit. They are yeah, just a bad true. football team. 
Their team is in shambles. The locker room is a mess. Do you think they want to play this game? Do you see how many people were at the Texas A&M game last week? I don't care they were playing UMass. There was nobody there. It was it was embarrassing. Yes, this game means nothing for LSU, but they're not going to lay an egg and lose to Texas A&M before they go play Georgia next week. Like, Brian Kelly is a good enough coach to not let that happen, that they are going to get out to a decent lead. They should be up. That's a good first half line. I don't know what the first half line is, but definitely jump on on, on LSU early. Even if they let the foot off the gas, you know, they're up 21. Is Texas A&M going to score? Is Texas A&M going to score points against a fellow SEC team? No, they're not. So I'm not having it. I, I, don't, I don't see it at all. Um, so I, I think LSU, nine and a half, double digits, pretty yeah. much. Probably I'm, my favorite same, pick of same. the week. Same. I will reiterate that if that job comes open, uh, that and if you know anybody listening, that is not a good roster right now. It would take a no. whole lot of work and the locker rooms in shambles because you got freshmen getting seven, eight hundred thousand dollars NIL money. You got defense defensive linemen leading the team in tackles getting zero dollars of NIL money. You got yeah. uh, it's it's just a complete mess down there. Would not want to take that over. Not interested. Yeah. All right, no, LSU, LSU, minus LSU minus five and a half first half. Love it, love it. If I that'll probably be what I actually bet is that that first half. Uh, also, speaking of not you know reasons not to go places. Uh, Malik, he didn't want to stay at Auburn. Why would anyone want to go to Auburn? So it's just another reason, feather in the cap. Notre Dame, USC, uh, another kind of rivalry game. Um, USC, kind of a wagon. They have a shot to sneak into the playoffs. They're not going to sneak into the playoffs with two losses. And Notre Dame, I don't think is very good. They have beaten up on a very poor, poor ACC this year. I mean, I'd have to, I know they just beat Boston College who, you know, no offense, one of my best friends is a BC alumni, but BC stinks. Um, and Notre Dame has lost multiple games this year to terrible teams. Pull up their schedule real quick. This is, this is great podcasting. They beat Navy by three, big time. The service academies are not very good this year. Respect the troops, though. Uh, they beat UNLV. They lost to Stanford. They beat BYU. They beat UNC by seven, which that wasn't a great win, like, Notre Dame hasn't had to play anyone, and they are going to play a potential Heisman Trophy candidate with Caleb Williams. So this is going to be his Heisman game. The Heisman Trophy race is still wide open. He's a he's a dark horse. He's like ten to one when I last saw. Um, he's putting up numbers the last two weeks. They're going to hang it. It's at USC. I think they're going to score it well. And I just look. All right, spreads fifth, spreads uh, five over under sixty two and a half. So you're telling me that Notre Dame is going to score twenty eight points? No. Not happening. Um, and even if they do, USC is going to score 42. So give me that um, minus, you know, anything with a touchdown I like. Even if the game goes to overtime, you got a shot to, to still cover. And you take a look at that year to date, someone's creeping towards 500. So just when we get just when we get close, I just piss down my leg. I go one and four, and it all goes downhill. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I think my, my the end game is for me to be at 500 for Liberty's bowl game. If I can be at 500 for Liberty's bowl game and have that be my last pick of the year where all my eggs are in the basket to go 500, it'll be the most most entertaining outcome where it's either 500 or bust and it's all on the flames. 
All right. I'm not I'm not saying that you won't be able to make the bowl trip or you won't be able to make the bowl episode, but this is our final regular season episode. And I wanted to just thank you for all you've done for the podcast. The people's champion people absolutely love you and go crazy every time I mention your name uh, on Twitter. So if I'm having a bad day and just want to get my uh, Twitter dopamine up in my mentions, I just just put Richie Longshot's name in there and it's just like, woo, the whole day oh. is just made up of fun. And uh, so, man, hey, really appreciate it. Really stinks that you couldn't make it last week, but looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing you down the bowl game and watching you on the basketball show. That's been a lot of fun, yeah. too. So appreciate all your, the work you're doing and uh, keep thank, it up, man. Thank Thank you guys. You know, this all, I think you, you, you texted me and like, I know, you know, I, I did a, I uh, did a recording uh, thing last year uh, I think for homecoming and then you texted me in August, like you want to do it again. And you know, it started as me just recording uh, in, in my dining room. And then we were kind of like, all right, I think we got something good here. Like, let's, let's get on live. Let's make this, let's make this a thing. And I, I think it's gone well. And I know we've already talked a little bit about next year and uh, contract negotiations are in a great spot. So we're uh hey, that, we're looking forward to getting that finalized and got some good stuff planned for next year. Hey, similar to uh the the Auburn and Texas A&M situations, there might be another couple of situations with a with a website or two popping up for you here in the near future. Just take a look, take a long hard look yeah. and see if see if that's something you really want to do or if you want to stay with uh what John labeled the flagship earlier and uh, I love it. So, anyway, hey man, Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the yes, NFL. Happy Thanksgiving, we'll guys. Happy Thanksgiving. See ya. All right. All right, John. Uh, let's wrap it up here. It is uh, it is dinner time. It's 538. Uh, we're recording a little early tonight. Uh, I'll throw the last word to you. Go Flames. Let's let's get a good uh, win this week, you know, against New Mexico State. Regardless what the line is, you know, I don't care. Let's just win, right? I mean, you know, you'd hate to lose this game and drop three straight going into the bowl game. That's what happened last year. Uh, let, let's get a win this week, get to nine wins on the season, uh, have a couple weeks to kind of take a deep breath, get ready for a bowl game. And, and again, you know, we said this the last couple of years. You have got everybody listening – you know, if, if if it's within your means and it's the depending on where the bowl game is, I mean, if it's, you know, in, in Hawaii or something might be hard to get to, but do your best to get there. Talk to your family now. Talk to your wife now. Talk to your husband now. Talk to your kids, your parents, and just prepare for bowl week. Spend it with the Flames. There's no better way to do it. I've done it all three years so far. been fortunate to do that so far this uh, the first three bowl games. Everyone has been memorable for its own reasons, uh, some better than others, but but they've all been a lot of fun, and uh, you won't miss it, whether it's in Myrtle Beach or Boca or or Tampa or or Idaho, although if it's in Idaho, I might not go. But um, make sure you uh, can do your best to try to get to the bowl game with the Flames. Awesome. Love bowl games. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, like and subscribe this YouTube. It really helps promote this video up and other people can see it. it really helps our brand and our platform on YouTube. It's something we've been uh, trying to build up for the last couple of months. Really appreciate the like and the subscribe there. Um, and all, yeah, as always, I mean, on, on the YouTube channel, it's the be if you like and subscribe there, you're going to get notifications when we upload new content. And our YouTube channel is the first place you will hear any of Liberty's uh, press conferences, whether it's Coach McKay, Coach Freeze, pregame, postgame, middle of the week, it doesn't matter. It's always going to be the first one. 
is is on our YouTube channel, even before we can get it on the website, because that's the first place we go is to upload it there. So make sure you're subscribed there. You get notifications when it's there and and you can listen to it before I even uh, listen to it back myself. John, we had one more question come in the chat. You got 20 seconds. Has the, yeah, QB, has the QB been named for this week, the starter? Well, it is Tuesday afternoon, and unfortunately, due to it being Thanksgiving, which we're thankful to have Thanksgiving, right? Uh, there would be no more media access this week. Uh, Freeze said on Monday he was hopeful, hopeful to uh, watch film of practice Monday and Tuesday and and uh, be decided on his starter at the end of the day Tuesday. I did hear that at practice today. All three quarterbacks were getting equal reps. So Caden, Salter, uh, Charlie Brewer, and uh, – and uh, Jonathan Bennett, we're all getting equal reps today in practice. And based on whoever performed the best, that's who's going to be starter on Saturday. Awesome. Great stuff, John, as always. Hey, this is kind of a throwback old school. Love spending uh, love spending the entire podcast with you. And uh, we'll do it again sometime soon. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, man. And uh, have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Flames.